Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for being with us here today on campus and online. I want to ask you right now, if you will, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. You may have your Bible on a phone or some sort of device. Uh, I know we live in a different day now, but if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And while you're turning there, can we give our praise team a great big hand today? Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Appreciate the encouragement through the worship today. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to talk to you today uh, about something I believe the Lord's laid on my heart to share with you about maximizing opportunities in your life, really maximizing divine opportunities in our life. How do we we maximize the, the great opportunities that God presents to us in our life each and every day? Sometimes we we maximize those opportunities and sometimes if we would be honest, I know for me personally, we can actually miss those opportunities. Hello. Sometimes we can miss those great opportunities, those divine opportunities that God opens up for us. Before I get into the, the heart of my message, I was reminded after doing some research here, just think about some some great uh, missed opportunities for people in life. Uh, I discovered that, and you know I love sports, I really do. Uh, I don't really watch much sports today because now you have these uh, activist athletes, so it's kind of turned me off from sports in general. That's just kind of how I feel about it, but I do love sports. And, and I found out there were some great missed opportunities in the sports world. Did you realize that back in the day, some of you probably won't even recognize this name, but my boys will know because to me, he was my favorite NBA player, and that was Larry Bird. Does anybody remember the name Larry Bird? Larry Bird played for the Boston Celtics and and really was just a prize to them uh, to carry them on to to, uh, win championships. But did you know that uh, the Indiana Pacers had a chance to draft Larry Bird and they gave up that opportunity to get Larry Bird? Man, don't you know they're probably regretting that opportunity? And then I thought about another one that I discovered. Uh, Not that I really care much for him, and I'm sure he's probably home talking about me right now too. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. You remember all them years, all, all those rings on them fingers from all those Super Bowls. Did you know that, that the San Francisco 49ers had a chance to draft Tom Brady? And they, they missed that opportunity. They missed a great opportunity. And if I'm not mistaken, our very own from here in North Carolina, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan played for the Chicago Bulls, and we know uh, he just a... Uh, uh, greatest NBA player, in my opinion, for sure, uh, I believe. But I found out that the, the, the Portland Trailblazers gave up a chance to acquire 
uh, Michael Jordan, along with some other teams, they missed a great opportunity to, for what God was trying to do. I would think, man, they missed a great opportunity. Did you know that the New York Jets missed a great opportunity to sign Jeff Dale? Did you know that? <laughs> Glory to God. And Tony Jones and Billy and John, yeah. No, they didn't. Jimmy Coley, they missed a great opportunity. Look, I want to talk to you this morning about maximizing God-given opportunities in your life. And in the book of Ephesians, Paul tells us, really, I want you to do something for me this week. It won't take long. You can read the, the entire letter there to the Ephesians. It's six chapters. It won't take you long, but I encourage you this week. This is your homework. Read the book of Ephesians, the letter that Paul had written there uh, to the believers in Ephesus. But we see there that he talks about the main theme is that the church would be a glorious church. That the church in the last days would be a glorious church. That we wouldn't be a weak church. We wouldn't be a compromising church. No, we would be a glorious church. And a glorious church, what is a glorious church? Well, a glorious church, Paul says, this is what you're called to be. You're to be a glorious church. And a glorious church is a church that does everything, giving God all the praise and giving him all the glory. That's a glorious church. And Paul gives us these steps here. He really gives us uh, many steps, but if you break down the whole letter, the very first step in being a glorious church is that you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. That's a problem in our day today. People don't realize who they are. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. That was the first thing Paul told them. If you're going to be a glorious church, you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. The second thing that he told them, he says, if you're going to be a glorious church, you need to walk in the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because trying to walk out this Christian walk in your own way and your, and your own strength will lead you to demise. It'll lead you to failure. You need the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He says that's what you need. And then finally, you read it over in Ephesians chapter 6, the very last chapter. He says if you're going to be a glorious church, you need to be a believer who's ready for warfare. And you need to put on the armor of God every day in your life. So he gives us these things here, these steps on how to be a glorious church. But there's one thing in particular that the Lord kind of showed me in chapter 5 on how we can be a glorious church in these last days and that is to maximize and make the most of every opportunity God gives us how many of you want to make the most of every opportunity that God gives you amen hands up all over the place so I want to read to you here just a few verses in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 21 this is Paul he's written a letter to the believers in Ephesus and that letter is for them and that letter is for us today. Paul says in verse 15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Here it is. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Some translations say understand what the Lord's will is for your life. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Can I get an amen? amen? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, just like we've already been doing, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, take this word, God, your word, and God, just let it speak to our hearts today. And may it encourage us and challenge us and edify us, Lord, and exhort us to, to, Lord, maximize those divine opportunities that you present to us in our life. We ask for your help right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to talk to you about maximizing divine opportunities. Well, let's first of all define what is a divine opportunity. What is a divine opportunity? A divine opportunity is when God, he opens the door for a favorable situation or circumstance that will bring glory to him. Let me read that to you again. A a, a divine opportunity is when God opens the door and it's a door to favorable situations and circumstances that's going to bring glory to him. Not glory to you, not glory to a church, but glory to him. That's what a divine opportunity is. And can I tell you this morning that we serve a God of divine opportunity. We serve a God who opens doors of opportunity. Paul says, listen, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And I don't think I need to remind you that the day that we live in is evil and the day that we live in seems to be getting darker and darker. But Paul says even in the midst of the evil, the wickedness, the darkness, you need to make the most of every opportunity and you need to know that with God, there's an opportunity for revival. With God, there's an opportunity for a spiritual awakening. That with God, there's an opportunity to win our community to the Lord Jesus Christ. With God, there's an opportunity for us to be the hands and the feet of Christ and reach those around us. With God, there's an opportunity that we can be channels of power and channels of love to touch the people around us in our world. With God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Paul, he said with God there's always opportunities in our life and we may not realize it we may not want to admit it but we have divine we have divine opportunities that God opens up in our life. Every day every single day whether you see it or realize it God opens up favorable situations and circumstances for you to bring glory to him. In other words, God opens up divine opportunities for us each and every day. The opportunity to share the gospel, uh, the opportunity to witness and to make Christ known to our families and to our friends and to our coworkers and Uh, to anybody that's around us an opportunity to be able to pray for people the opportunity to help someone in the name of Jesus the opportunity to shine for Jesus Christ the opportunity to do a good deed in the name of the Lord the opportunity to forgive someone the opportunity to give to God's mission the opportunity to serve the suffering listen to me please don't miss this God is constantly opening doors and giving us divine opportunities that will bring him glory and the million dollar question is what will you do with those opportunities will you maximize them or are you going to miss them are you going to squander them let me just ask you a question this morning you don't have to lift your hand 
How many of you can look back over your life, maybe years or just a few weeks or some months, how many of you can look back over your life and see where God uh, showed favor to you and he opened up some doors that were favorable situations and circumstances for you to walk through that brought him glory? How many of you can look back and see where God done that for you in your life? Come on. Amen. All of us, I know. We don't mind raising our hand on that one. How many of you can look back over your life and see where you missed some great God-given opportunities? Wow, all of us. How many of you have walked away from some situations and you've been discouraged and frustrated because you missed it and you know you missed it? Or you're frustrated and discouraged because you, you, you wasted it? You, you know that you were there in it and, and God was trying to do something in you and through you and you wasted an opportunity to bring glory to God. We, we've all, listen, whether we want to admit it or not, Every single one of us in here today, because we're human and we're not perfect, we have missed some divine opportunities in our life. All of us have. And that's why this letter here is so encouraging to us. Paul, through uh, this letter, he's, he's lovingly warning these believers and he's encouraging them and he's encouraging all of us today and he's saying, be careful, be careful. Listen, I know there's a lot going on around you in the world right now. I know things just seem to kind of be upside down. And, but listen, whatever you do, Paul says, don't miss the opportunities that God puts before you. Don't miss them. Don't waste them. And Paul was a man that we know, he just like us, he, he, he probably missed some opportunities, I'm sure he did. But he lived his life with intention that he was going to make the most of every opportunity. And what a powerful testimony. What a powerful testimony. Don't you want that to be the testimony over your life when, when it comes to the end? You know what? I made some mistakes, but I did the very best I could to make the most of every divine opportunity God gave me. I want that to be your testimony. I want that to be my testimony that I made the very best out of every opportunity God gave me. I was a good steward over every divine opportunity. I want that to be the testimony of this church here, that this church, Mount Olive First PH Church, that we made the most of every opportunity that God gave us. We made the most of every opportunity to seek the lost. We made the most of every opportunity to serve people who are suffering. We made the most of every opportunity to share life together with people so we could all grow spiritually. God help us to have a testimony when it comes to the end that we made the most of every opportunity God gave us. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. And when we read this letter here, I'm just going to take a few minutes. I'll have you out around 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock. Johnny Sumlin's been cooking fried chicken. He's going to be delivering it during the uh, middle of the service. When the service is over with, y'all know I'm playing. Hallelujah. Fried chicken be good right now, though, wouldn't it? Lord, help me. I want you to pick up on a few things that Paul shares here in Ephesians that are opportunities for each and every one of us today. Every single one of you right here, right now, you have a divine opportunity before you. Every one of you. And Paul's going to tell us what they are. I have, and you have, I have a divine opportunity to follow Jesus. I have a divine opportunity to follow Jesus. Say it. I, I have a divine opportunity to follow Jesus. 
In verse 15, Paul said, he says, be careful how you live. And then he goes on to say this. Now, this is what the Bible says. He says, don't live like fools. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. You know what Paul was saying? Paul was saying that the person who maximizes the opportunity to follow Jesus Christ is a wise person, but the person who misses the opportunity or wastes the opportunity to follow Jesus is a fool. Are you wise this morning or are you a fool? Are you wise this morning or are you a fool? Paul was saying, be careful how you live and whatever you do in your life, don't be a fool and don't miss following Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Because if you miss it, Paul says you're going to be a fool. And I plead with you today. I plead with you. I plead with everyone here on this campus and everyone online like Paul. Listen to me. Please don't be a fool and don't miss following Jesus Christ. Give your life to him. You have a divine opportunity today. I don't know who you are or what you showed up with, but listen, you have a divine opportunity to follow Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Don't miss the divine opportunity to repent of your sins and turn to Jesus Christ to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Don't miss the opportunity to turn from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Don't miss the opportunity to turn away from wicked and foolish living that's contrary to the word of God. Don't miss it, friend. Don't miss the opportunity to live a godly and righteous life that will bring glory to God. Don't miss that. And can I tell you today that a life that a life lived without Jesus Christ, a life that is lived without Jesus Christ is the greatest of all missed opportunities. It's the greatest of all missed opportunities because life without Christ means a missed opportunity to have your sins forgiven. And hello, we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. So that means that everyone in here, we all need the forgiveness of God. We need to be forgiven of our sins. And that only happens through faith in Jesus Christ. So life without Christ means a missed opportunity to have your sins forgiven. Life without Christ means a missed opportunity to have Jesus transform your life. How many of you know that when you come to Jesus, he'll change you. He'll transform you. He'll make all things new. Hello, hallelujah. See, when you live a life without Christ, you miss that transformation. You miss that he makes all things new. You miss that God can restore those things that the enemy has taken from you. Life without Christ means a missed opportunity to walk with a divine purpose in your life. Every single one of us, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And the Bible tells us what that purpose and what that plan is. But I want you to know today, friend, that if you're living life without Jesus Christ, you're walking around, but there's no true divine purpose for you. But there is with Jesus Christ. Life without Christ means missing the opportunity to have eternal life. Life without Christ means a missed opportunity to go to heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? I want to go to heaven and be with Jesus and be with my friends and family and loved ones that have gone on before me in the Lord. But I tell you this, 
Every single one of us, and I hope you're hearing me in my heart, that we're faced with all kinds of opportunities every day in our life, and sometimes we miss them, sometimes we waste them, but friend, hear me this morning, this divine opportunity to give yourself to Jesus Christ and follow Him is one that you cannot afford to miss. You need Jesus, and you need to be saved. The Bible Man, the Bible's full of people who, who, who miss Jesus. They, they, they miss the opportunity to follow Jesus. I think about some in the Old Testament and even the New Testament. You remember the, the people in Noah's day. Listen, they had a chance to go inside of the ark and be saved, which was really symbolic of Christ, running to Christ so they can escape the judgment and the wrath of God. There they are, and they had an opportunity to run inside the ark and be saved from the great flood. They had an opportunity to be saved, and they missed it. Why? Why? Because they were too busy doing their own thing in life, they were too busy to hear the message that Noah was preaching. They didn't have time to really listen to the message. And maybe the ones that did listen to it, they could, they could care less about what preacher Noah was saying at the time. That's how it is right now. Uh, to, the, to those, uh, many of them, that the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. But to us that are being saved, it's the power of God. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you need to be ready because the flood of God's wrath will come and the only way to escape that wrath and that judgment is to run to Jesus Christ. And that's why you need to make the most of every opportunity and say yes to Jesus and follow him before it's too late. Listen to me. Sooner or later, the door to salvation is going to shut. It's going to be too late. You're going to miss it and you're going to be there and you're going to face the wrath and the judgment of God. Please hear me. Run now. Follow Jesus now. You have a divine opportunity today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. What does the Bible say? There's no promise for tomorrow. Do it today. I think about the people in Noah's day. They missed an opportunity I think about the rich young ruler. I mean, here he is, this guy. He's got it all together. I mean, he's not a bad guy. I mean, he's doing some great things. And he comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus, Lord, he says, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus went right straight to the heart. He went right straight to where the issue was. And he says, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. And then what does Jesus say? He says, come and follow me. And here is the tragedy. The rich young ruler wasn't willing to give up his riches. He wasn't willing to give up his riches. He wasn't willing to give up his, his toys. He wasn't willing to give up his own selfish desires. And the result of that is he missed a divine opportunity to follow Jesus. And Jesus even made this statement in one of the gospels. He says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Are you hearing me this morning? I want you to know something, friend. In the end, in the end, in the end, it will not matter how much you gained. The, 
the, the trucks, the trophies, the whatever it is that you're try, trying to acquire right now. It, it doesn't matter. All the stuff that you gain will not matter in the end. I've done, a, I've done many, many funerals, and I've never seen a truck with a U-Haul trailer there with everything somebody gained going with them to eternity. It never happens. All that's going to matter in the very end is not how much you gain, but what did you do with the opportunity to follow Jesus? That's what's going to matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have a divine opportunity today to invite Jesus into your life and follow him. Man, the greatest decision that you will ever make. Can I say it because it's a testimony, but I know it to be true. Don't you know today is the greatest decision that you have ever made in your life? Will you maximize the opportunity or will you miss it? Will you maximize it or will you miss it? Listen, Jesus, please hear me. So many people in this world trying to gain things that will bring pleasure to them and they're missing that the true person that can only satisfy your soul and save your soul, his name is Jesus his name is Jesus. I'll never forget. I think about some of the people you read about and, and, and they've won uh, big money through lottery or they've inherited a bunch of money and it just seems like all these problems have come this way and you, and you see them or you hear their testimony and some of them are the most miserable people you will ever meet. And then I saw a revival service one time in South Africa with Reinhard Bonnke and they, they showed the, uh, before the service ever started these people coming out of these villages in these straw huts that had nothing and they're singing and they're jumping and they're dancing going down the street because they're getting ready to hear the gospel and they're getting ready to go praise the Lord. They have nothing but a straw hut, hardly no clothes, no food, but they have the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They've gained something. They gained Jesus. They're following him. He's the only one that can satisfy your soul. He can satisfy and save your soul. King Solomon knew something about it. Listen to what King Solomon said. He says he came to this conclusion. I mean, King Solomon had it all. You're talking about gain and everything. He, King Solomon had it all. He had gained everything in the world. And what does he say? He says, listen, I've come to this conclusion at the end of my life. I've traveled the world. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've had it all. And now I see that the only thing that really matters in life is knowing God. That's the only thing that matters, friend, is knowing Him, peace with God, Jesus satisfying your soul and saving your soul. I pray right now. If there's anyone here that's lost and they need to give their heart to you, Jesus, that right here, they would, be, they would just take advantage of this divine opportunity and they would surrender all to you, Jesus, right now. Do it, friend. Whether you're here on campus or online, just say, I surrender all to you, Jesus, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Right now, I take advantage. I, I, I will maximize this opportunity in your name. Amen. I'm almost done. And I heard an amen. <laughs> he said, he's almost done. Praise God. 
I know what you meant, brother. We have a divine opportunity to give our life to Jesus and follow him. And real quickly, I want to share something with you. We have a divine opportunity to be light, to be light. Paul said, if you back right up in Ephesians chapter 5, I didn't read it because of time's sake, but I want you to know that Paul said, he talked to them in this letter. He said, I want you to live as people of light. I want you to live as people of light. And, and I'm going to be honest with you right now. I believe most Christians today, I, I don't know that we're, it seems like we're complaining more about the darkness than we are looking for opportunity to be light. I, it seems like that's all we do. We complain about all the darkness, and I'm being guilty of it too. And we, we fail to recognize that God has called us and give us a divine opportunity to be light. And listen, if we're not careful, Paul said be careful. If we're not careful, we can get more focused on the opposition and we lose focus of the opportunity. We get so focused on the opposition that's going on around us that we forget that we have a divine opportunity to be light. You have an opportunity to be light. I have an opportunity to be light. God has called the church to be light. Jesus said this. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Come on, church. We're called to be light. We have a divine opportunity. I have a divine opportunity to be light. Listen, I'm asking a question here. If the church is not willing to go out in the darkness that we see going on around us and be light, who do you think is going to do it? Do do you think the people from Washington, D.C. are going to go out and be light and bring glory to God? No. Do, Do you think that the government is going to go out and be light and bring glory to God? No. Do you you think that the big tech companies and the media are going to go out and and be light to the world and bring glory to God? The answer is no. No, listen, it's the calling that we have, that we have a divine opportunity to be light in a dark world. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to be light? I'm just going to drop these few things here and then we're going to pray. How can we be light? You can be light by making sure that your walk matches your talk. You, you claim to be Christian, then you need to walk it out. Hello. I don't know how any other way to put it. You, you need to cast off those, the darkness and you need to walk in the, in the light of God. You need to make sure that your talk and your walk, they, they line up with God. How can you be light? You can be light by standing on God's truth. You can be light by standing on God. Let me just tell you this, friend. Christians today in certain places, even churches, they're compromising the word of God. You look at what's going on around you in the world today, and there's so much pressure from culture and from uh, satanic uh, pressure for us to compromise and, and that we would tweak our, we would, we would try to tweak the word of God to line up with what we want to do in our life. Let me just tell you, friend, you need to make sure that you're under the authority of God's word, that your family's under the authority of God's word. If God's word says do it, you do it. If God's word says don't do it, you don't do it. You live your life under the word of God. Come on, church, all of us. We need to be a light. And you you can be light by standing on the word of God, standing up for truth. Man, I'm going to tell you, that's so heavy on my heart. Do you know the truth? Because the truth has set you free. You can be light by loving people who are lost and suffering. 
You can be light. You can be light by pointing others to Jesus Christ. You, you, you may not have an opportunity to stand behind a pulpit and, and talk to hundreds of people and, and, and even maybe thousands that may be watching with us that are online. But listen to me. Every single one of us have a divine opportunity to point people to Jesus through our testimony. That I was once blind, but now I see. I used to be this way, but when I had this encounter with the Lord, He changed my life. I'm saved now. I'm on my way to heaven now. Every single one of us have a divine opportunity to point people to Jesus. And we need to take advantage and maximize that opportunity. God help us. God help us to do that. I'm going to skip over something here. I just I feel like the Lord wants me to go ahead and kind of Close it down. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, would you come and help me, please? This last opportunity Paul talked about is to do the Lord's will. To do the Lord's will. Can you just give me a show of hands of how many of you would love to walk in the will of God for your life? Come on. Oh, I want to walk in the Lord's will. Can I tell you there's no greater place to be you may have some plans and you may have some ideas about what you want to do, and, but I'm going to tell you the safest and greatest place to be, and God has a greater plan for you than you have for yourself, is to do God's will. Verse 17, Paul says, Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for your life. If you're here this morning and you're planning something for the future, maybe career, maybe a relationship, maybe about marriage, maybe about having children, maybe a job, whatever it may be, whatever it is that you're faced with today, friend, I want you to know it does not have to be a mystery with the Lord. If you will pray and ask Him, He will reveal it to you. He'll give you, He'll show you what to do. He'll give you direction. He'll give you the wisdom that you need for His good and perfect and pleasing will to be done. It may not be exactly what you thought of and what you wanted and how you saw it playing out, but I can promise you, if you'll ask God for His will to be done, it will be done. You know, sometimes we miss God's will for our lives because we end up walking in fear instead of faith. How many of you know today that fear will paralyze you and keep you from walking in God's will? And God's not given us the spirit of fear. Sometimes we miss walking in the Lord's will because of distractions. We get our eyes. We're, we're, you know, uh, two, three months, man, we're on fire. And then you talk to somebody and all of a sudden their eyes have got off the main thing of Jesus and living for Him. And now their eyes are back on the things of the world and they've been distracted from walking out God's will for their life. Man, it's quiet in here. Sometimes we miss God's will just because of flat-out disobedience. I know God's been speaking to me about doing this. I know what I need to do, but I'm just not going to do it. God, use somebody here. Pick somebody here. I'm not doing it. And you wonder why you, 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 not, you don't hear the voice of God anymore. You wonder why you're not experiencing the power of God in your life. It's because you're walking in disobedience to Him. If He can't use you, He'll look over. He'll find somebody else. He'll move on. Amen. Sometimes we miss the Lord's will because of laziness. Laziness not tolerated in God's kingdom. Here's the big one to me. I think all of us can relate to this. We can miss the Lord's will sometimes for our life because of hesitation. 
We, we want to we try to think it all out. We want to try to make sure everything's dotted. And I'm not saying that you don't need to count the costs and you need it. But sometimes we, we waste so much time and we hesitate. We hesitate. Yes. Hesitate. When you hesitate, sometimes that will keep you from walking in the Lord's will. You'll stall. You'll stall. You'll hesitate. And before you know, the opportunity's gone. Amen. Hello? And we'll miss it. So how can we guard against that? I'm going to give you these things here and then we're going to pray. I think I've said that twice. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Paul gives these to us. How can we guard against missing divine opportunities for our life so we can maximize them? He says, be careful how you live. What does that mean? You need to be ready at all times. You need to be ready at all times. You need to be alert at all times. You need to be ready with your spiritual eyes open, your spiritual ears open. You need to be ready for what God is going to do. You need to be ready and alert at all times. Be careful how you live, Paul says. Let me tell you another way that you can guard against uh, missing the Lord's will. Don't be drunk. Don't be drunk. Be sober. Be sober. Don't be dabbling in alcohol. Don't be dabbling. Don't be messing with alcohol. Don't be messing with drugs. Don't do anything that's going to alter your mind and mess with your mind. That's the devil. He will confuse you and mess you up and you'll be so uh, blinded and so confused and so messed up in your mind that you will miss the Lord's will for your life. Jesus, help us. He says, don't be drunk. Be sober. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to guard against missing the opportunities that God has for you? Be full of the Holy Spirit. Walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit that you're walking in His power and He gives you discernment. He gives you wisdom. He shows you what to do. When you do that, friend, you will maximize those opportunities. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you remember what I read to you at the very beginning, He says, and give thanks. Give thanks in everything. You, you want to walk in the Lord's will? Give thanks. Give thanks in the good. Give thanks in the bad. Give thanks in the ugly. But if you will walk around with a grateful heart, God will see that and he will give you more and more to do and his will will be done in your life. Be thankful. Be available. Be available. Be available. Here I am, Lord. Use me. I'm not perfect, but here I am. Use me, Lord. Make yourself available. And then be obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. If God's telling you to do something, are you willing to go out and do it? Are you going to obey? Are you going to trust and obey the Lord? And then finally, Paul says, be faithful. Just be faithful. Every time I give you something, every step I give you, just be faithful and be committed and dedicated and don't give up. Just keep walking with me. Be faithful because that's what you're going to hear one day. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Think about that and then think about what Jesus says here. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who was in heaven. How many of you want to do the will of the Father today? Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please, all over this place? Can I please just encourage you one more time? Please don't miss the opportunity to follow Jesus, whoever you are. I, I, I'm Listen, 
My prayer was this morning, Lord, help me to look at everybody in this place today and just look at them as people who need to be saved. So I don't know who you are, friend. It don't matter to me. If you're here and you're not sure that heaven's in your future, you're not, you're not absolutely sure you're following Jesus and you want to make him your Lord and Savior today, you have the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says everyone who confesses that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, if you'll repent of your sins and call on him, he will wash away your sins and forgive you. Aren't you thankful for the cross and his blood? It washes away our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And he gives us a place in heaven. Friend, don't miss the, don't miss the opportunity to follow Jesus. And don't miss the opportunity to be light. And don't miss the opportunity to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be for your life. How do we do that? It goes back to one word, and that means surrender. Surrender. There's no way all of us could get around this altar right now. But I saw hands go up that want to be light for Jesus. Hands that went up that want to, to do the Lord's will. And I wonder if there's anyone here today with every eye closed right now, every eye closed, that you would say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I promise I will not embarrass anyone here today. Out of a loving heart, I reach out to you and I ask you, what are you going to do with the opportunity that you have right now to follow Jesus? Will you, will you maximize it and say yes or will you miss it? How many of you want Jesus in your life right now and follow him? If you're here today, lift your hand. Lift your hand. If you, listen, you want to, God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. God sees that hand. Right there where you are, if you'll just, just pray out of your heart and say, Jesus, I have sinned. I'm a sinner and I have fallen short of your glory. My, my righteousness is filthy rags. And I understand, God, today that the wages of sin is death. And without you, Jesus, I'm on my way to an everlasting hell. And I don't want to miss this opportunity. So right now, Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I believe that you died on the cross in my place. I deserved it, but you loved me enough that you took my place. And Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. Wash my sins away. I repent. I turn. And right now, I surrender. I surrender all. I, I surrender all. I surrender all to you to follow you, to be light, and to do your will. So right now, Lord, I thank you for saving me and giving me a home in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I know there's some hands that went up, and I pray that you've made that decision to follow Christ today. Please let somebody know. Please let me know, whoever you are, whether it was a first-time decision. Thank you.